Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, welcome. Today I'm doing what I always do. I turn the microphone on and I begin to speak. And pray God something good will come out. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the dream state. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. The problem that we all have is that we react to stress and then we retreat into the imagination. And there we hide and there we imagine this and imagine that or remember this and remember that. And when we're not hiding in the imagination, then we use things to help us to escape from reality. We use our iPhone. We use other people's gossip and their problems to distract us and the world events to distract us. And then we have various rituals that we perform in order to comfort ourselves. Once again, falling into dream time or daydream time where we're apart from reality. And in this apartness, we lack motivation, we flounder, we're in the doldrums, and then we look for something to excite us. Now, maybe if we're a primitive tribe, then we'll go out hunting for food, or maybe we'll call upon the the local uh, witch doctor to uh, come up with some... uh, poisonous concoction that we stick in our nose or smoke, and that enhances the dream time. And then maybe somebody can come along with uh, some drums and make a drum beat and we start dancing. And uh, we dance around the fire and get all excited. And that uh, takes care of the boredom for a while. So what is boredom? Have you ever wondered what boredom is? I don't get bored. I have plenty of activity, so when I don't ha- have activity, I can just sit there. But I'm not never bored. Never, never, never. What is boredom? I'll tell you what boredom is. I remember, just this is a little aside to help set the stage. This is an important topic. If you could understand how you fall into a state, a daydream state, where you're apart from reality, a psychotic state is what it really is. When you understand how that happens to you, and then you also see what might be the solution to that, to that, so that you can stay in reality and not fall into your daydreams, then what would happen? You would be more aware. You wouldn't be lost in your thoughts, or lost in your iPhone, or lost in shopping, or lost in gossip, or lost in world problems. You would be there for your family. You'd be there for your child. You'd be there for your partner. You would be very aware. And then when little problems arose, you would be able to handle them with reason and clarity. Instead of being unaware and the problems are arising and you're not even aware that they're arising. See, if if you're totally unaware... See, you don't want to be aware. There's something you don't want to face. Then 
The problem grows and grows and grows. And then finally, one day, it's staring you in the face. You can't hide from it anymore. There it is. And then what do you do? You overreact and panic. And then you do something dumb or say something dumb or do the wrong thing. Or go to somebody and, and ask them to solve it for you. And they make things worse. So if you could be aware, these little problems would be nipped in the bud. And that would give you more time to be aware. And then in this aware state, you would also be, and I'm going to add just a little touch of, of a little religious note here, if you don't mind. In this aware state, you would also become aware of your creator. So you can't find God in your imagination. You can't find him in daydreams. And so perhaps you can see now the problem with rituals and the problem with uh, study, especially religious study. Do you see the problem with it? It's hypnotic by nature. It's, it comforts and lulls you into this daydream state that I was talking about, where you're apart from reality. See, if you fixate your attention, you fixate your attention to something with uh, you, where you are ambitious to study or ambitious to learn, or you're doing, or you're fixating to some book in order to please someone or to prove something to someone, or for some advantage. The understand it's totally hypnotic. It puts you in the daydream state where you are apart from reality, and it is only in reality where you can find God. You cannot find Him in a book. You can't find Him in rituals. You can't find Him in daydreams or imagination, you can only find him in reality. All right, so there's the little religious note. Do you have a question for Roland? If so, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your message. And Roland may answer your question on the air. I said that if you could come back to reality, that would be a good thing. So then, now I've set the stage for you, and to continue with our little talk about boredom. I remember a long time ago, well, not so long ago, but... Uh, yeah, sort of a long time ago, but not so long ago, I was in Chicago. I was a young man, and I was working at corporate headquarters in Chicago. And I met a nice lady there, a very nice lady. And yeah, we dated. She was a nice person. And I remember one time we were, we were sitting there in a restaurant, I think, and all around us people were smoking. Back then, everybody could smoke in a restaurant. But anyway, we looked around us, and I saw so many people smoking. And I said, well, why are they all smoking? And then I came up with some theory, and she said, no, that's not it. She said, they're bored. They're getting rid of boredom. And uh, I realized that what she said was true. But all these years, I have never really understood it until just right this morning, right now, 
few minutes ago, as I turned the microphone on and began to speak, I suddenly realized what boredom is. Boredom is a hypnotic state where you sit there. Look, some of you have seen a stage hypnotist uh, perform, you know, at a nightclub or maybe at some um, some gathering or maybe some uh, convention uh, that you had at your your company's convention or something. You've seen a stage hypnotist. And it's always the same thing. They do like a hand clasp test or something with the audience. And then the ones that are that have their hands clasped together and can't take them apart. Well, they're the they're the ones that are easiest to hypnotize. Probably they were already were hypnotized. And then they, they come up to the front and then there they are. And then uh, the uh, per, the hypnotist does uh, various uh, stunts and uh, it's all kind of fun. But it's and it's very fascinating and interesting. But what I wanted to, to say is that when the person is hypnotized on the stage, they're sitting there hypnotized. They're not asleep. They're just sitting there, and but they are in uh, under the hypnotic influence of the uh, of the hypnotist. So there's usually uh, he the, the hypnotist he or she usually has like uh, I don't know five or six chairs, and then there's like five or six people sitting there, and often he will have maybe one of the people. Um, he will do something with one of the people, and the other ones are just sitting there. But while the other ones are just sitting there, they just sit there in a kind of a quiet, motivationless, lethargic state, awaiting instructions, waiting for a cue about what to do, with nothing in mind other than to respond to whatever the instructions might be to them. And you see them there, they kind of have a blank, sometimes a kind of a blank expression on their face. They're very mild, they're very quiet, and they're just waiting for the hypnotist who has them under his power to, to tell them what to do. They're waiting to be told what to do. Well, that's the hypnotic state, or at least that's, that's a part of it. So what is boredom? Boredom is sitting there in a hypnotic state, a hypnotic trance, perhaps a mild one. So it's undetectable. You can't really tell the person is in it, but, but he or she is. They're just sitting there waiting for a stimulus. The stimulus is what gets them to act. Do you see? So they're waiting for the hypnotist to snap his fingers or to come and put his hand on their forehead, or to speak to them and with words telling them what to do. You understand they're waiting for the stimulus. And when the stimulus comes, then they act. So the person who is bored has no motivation other than perhaps to look for some kind of direction, for some sort of stimulus. So without divine motivation, Without inspiration from your Creator, which you receive in the aware state, you are without proper motivation and you need motivation. So you've got to have stimulus, stimuluses around. You've got to have problems. You've got to have things to, 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 to do. You have to procrastinate and wait and then something happens and you get stressed by it and then you have to do something and there's a deadline and you have to perform. You understand? And the other thing is that 
When you need direction, then the direction also comes from people on the outside and forces on the outside and suggestions on the outside and the media on the outside and experts on the outside and talking heads on the outside. Do you understand? So now you understand what your problem is. You're in a mild hypnotic trance all the time. If you weren't in a trance, you would not know boredom. You would not overreact to stress. You would just notice it. And then you would respond with what comes to you from within, if any response is needed. Do you understand? So you've got to find that. And when you are awake, you then can also become aware and receive direction from your creator. Now you're getting direction from the outside, from problems that stimulate you, from what people say that irritates you, from slow traffic that irritates you, from sports on television that excite you, from drugs that stimulate you. Do you understand? You need direction from your creator. And gentle, inward, intuitive stimulation or inspiration from your creator. So now we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you some more clues so that you can find your way out of this, this dream time that you've walked in in most of your life. Become fully awake, and then beyond that, aware. And not only aware of reason and be able to act with wisdom, but to have moment-by-moment intuitive guidance from your Creator. Roland would love to hear from listeners. Let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Send him an email today to Roland at SheddingShackles.com. You can also send him a letter or donation through the mail to Roland Trujillo, spelled T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, number 217, in Pinole, California, zip code 94564. Again, Roland Trujillo, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, suite number 217, Pinole, California, 94564. And if you'd like to just leave him an encouraging message, his listener comment line is 510-455-8851. Again, 510-455-8851. And let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. I have pointed out that the person who is on the stage hypnotized by the stage hypnotist will often just sit there waiting, waiting for direction. And likewise, the person who is bored is just sitting there waiting for a stimulus. So what do they do? They reach for the cigarette, the nicotine in the cigarette is a shock, see, which feels like a comfort. See, it's paradoxical. It's, it's actually a, a shock to the system, but it feels like a comfort. So it's the, the poisons then stimulate them, see, and that 
gives them something to do. That's something that excites them and stimulates them, or they watch television or something. So these things that they reach for have a dual purpose. They both sustain the hypnotic state, and secondly, motivate them. Motivate them to act, see, and give them a sense of life. See, the cigarette gives the, the person sits there feeling kind of dead, nothing to do, and lethargic. And, and they reach for the cigarette, and it gives them a sense of life. And some excitement comes along, it gives them a sense of life. And here comes some gossip, and it gives them a sense of life. And some kind of a problem, some, that's why some people welcome problems. It gives them a sense of life. Or they are stimulated and come under the direction of someone who says, well, you got to get a college degree. And that gives them something to do. So that keeps them both in their trance and with things to do in their trance, maybe for a year or two. And then after they get their degree, then what? Then they sit there and two things happen. Number one, they begin to feel bored, but something else now happens. Now, this is the other aspect of smoking or for reaching for things. So one aspect of it is that there is a person is waiting for something to motivate them. The other aspect of of the reaching for the cigarette or the marijuana or whatever. I'm just using a cigarette as an example. The other aspect of it is they, they're looking for something to keep them in the hypnotic trance. In other words, the morning after the night before, you know, the week after you, you get your college degree, see, then what happens? Then reality begins to dawn. You had been totally lost in the fantasy world of, of imagining how great you would be with your degree, or you were totally lost in, in the images of the things you were doing, and so on and so forth, or your shopping, or the holidays, or whatever it was you were lost in. Now you're sitting there again, and now reality begins to dawn. The reality that you had been, that you had escaped from. And as it begins to dawn, you begin to feel uneasy. You begin to feel anxious. You begin to feel antsy, like somebody's scratching their fingernails on a chalkboard type of thing. Somebody once said it's a good good way of putting it. And now reality dawns, and and the hypnotic trance is breaking down, and you have to face reality. But if you don't want to face it, then you will look for something to put you back into the trance. And the smoking of the cigarette is the ritual. The smoke is the ritual, just like there are other rituals. Eating is the ritual. See, not that eating is wrong. Of course we have to eat. But see, you, most of us, and here's another little aside I wanted to share with you. Here's another little aside. Most of us eat to escape. Yeah, we eat to celebrate our fallen existence. We eat for, for pleasure. And yes, we eat to, you know, to live. But we also eat to escape. Escape from what? Escape from reality? Escape from the, the truth? Escape from the, realizing the fact that we resented our mom or hated our dad or we resent our husband? Escape from, see, our sorry life? Escape from the fact that we're not really living our own life? And so on and so forth. So we want to escape. And so we eat to escape. And because we have to eat, 
We, when we eat, it's almost impossible not to escape, not to fall into a, a trance, a little trance when we're eating. It's almost impossible, except for one thing. And that's what I was writing about this morning for my new book. Except for one thing, it would seem impossible then. How can we eat? Because we have to eat. But the act of eating, see, is connected with the Garden of Eden. That was the very first trauma, the very first time that Adam fell away from reality and fell into dream time and fell into, by way of the trauma of eating the forbidden food, it was, it was the act of eating, see. And so food is connected intimately with the very first trauma for the for the human race and if each and in each of our lives when we were little kids we we were born with a fallen ego a little prideful ego that's the nature we inherited and who and our mothers comforted us and gave us food and the food then became a comfort and it made us feel all right about the way we were as fallen creatures and whenever the truth begins to dawn that we are fallen see we don't want to see it, and so we reach for the food for the comfort. So it's food is the comfort and an escape, and so we use food for an escape. And so because of the deep trauma to the human race and to each of us individually that came when began for each of us individually when we were little kids, well, it would seem almost impossible to be able to eat without falling into a deeper trance. But it is possible because... With God, all things are possible. And he saw, he saw that he knew Adam would fall. He knew the serpent was way too clever. And he knew that Adam would fall. And so God, from the very beginning, made provision for redemption. And Christ, when Christ came, he was the fulfillment of that redemption for all of us who have joy upon hearing of him and his message. And for all of us who yearn for truth and love the truth, and for all of us who find him, see, who find God's Son because of the grace given us by the Heavenly Father, the grace and light, then for us it is possible. Christ made it possible. That was the purpose of the Last Supper. He said, eat in remembrance of me. And when you drink, each time you drink, drink in remembrance of me. And remembering him, we now eat to remember him. We eat to be aware instead of eating to go to sleep. You see what I mean? We all like to comfort ourselves. You can enjoy your entertainments and pleasures, but first make sure that your spiritual health is in order. This is Jeremiah Trujillo. In other words, forgive other people when they do wrongs to you. And don't harbor a grudge against anyone, least of all against your spouse or any of your children. Not only will this help God to see you in a good light, but it will help you live longer also.
So now you understand a little bit about boredom. You understand something about food and about trauma. You should get some of my books. They would be very good. In fact, I have a book. I don't talk about it very much. It's called Forbidden Food. The Legacy of Paradise Lost and the Promise of Redemption. Let me read a little something from the back of it. What if the Garden of Eden is not a myth but a reality? What if the eating of forbidden food brought a curse upon the human race? What if food is somehow subtly involved in our deterioration? What if food introduced a trance state in which we make mistakes and then wonder what happened? This intriguing book looks at forbidden food, the curse from the Garden of Eden, and the reality of redemption. In fact, resolving the food problem just might bring resolution to other life issues as well. So there you have it, forbidden food. So now you, you understand. So you want to be aware. So the key then, what is the key to discovering these wonderful things that await you? The redemption that awaits, the forgiveness that awaits, the peace of mind that awaits, the true purpose that awaits. How do you discover these things that are awaiting you? You have to wake up from your trance. You don't even know you're in a trance. You, When you're in a trance, the person who's in a trance forgets to do reality checks. You don't even remember to do one. So now, uh, perhaps upon hearing these words, you can see. Maybe hearing these words helps to awake you a little bit. You see the need to be awake. That's where you'll find your creator and his son and find all the, the benefits that are there is by being awake. And you could actually begin this moment just by listening to me. Might help you to be awake. And you can be aware of your hands. When we give our attention to something, to a body part like our hands, for example, when you're aware of your hands, they will tend to become a little tingly, a little warm. And just by being aware of your hands, while you're sitting on the bench, while you're sitting at your desk at work, while you're doing anything, you could be out walking down the street, going for a nice walk, and you become aware of your hands as you're walking along, and your hands will sometimes start to feel a little warm. Well, that helps to anchor you in the present. It helps to bring you back to reality, to keep you in reality, to remind you of reality, to remind you of this, of this higher state of existing where you're closer to God. And so that would be very, very nice. That's a little beginning. And I also have a meditation which has more information about being aware of your hands that could be very helpful to you. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.